everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Our Golden Twenties. Tig, I realize we've been doing this for a few weeks, and we never introduce ourselves at the beginning. So I know. let's just let's just do that right now. Hi, everybody. I'm Sadie. I'm Tegan. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by the difference in our voices which ones. Which yeah, one. yeah. And honestly, guys, thank you so much for joining us for another week. We are seeing more unique listeners every week, which is why. I was like, hey, maybe we should reintroduce ourselves in case people are just, you know, stumbling into this episode, not knowing who we are. Mm-hmm. I thought to tag um, something we could do today is try out a new little segment. So we are all about the segments to open our episodes, <laughs> but this one is something we haven't done before, and I don't think we'll do it too often because it is more just like about our personal lives, but I wanted to do a little life catch up. Mm -hmm. So Tag, do you want to maybe tell us what's going on in your life over there? Yeah. So for those listeners who don't know, because I know a big chunk of our listeners are not into astrology, but last week was a full moon in Scorpio, um, which meant to basically look out for unexpected life updates, both good and bad um so there's sign of transformation death rebirth and it's a key time for manifesting so for me personally i had some kind of life updates both good and bad but the main one i kind of wanted to talk about was i managed to get a vaccine appointment for my first dose of the covid vaccine yay 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 so exciting. Yeah, for um, our American listeners or, you know, any listeners outside of Canada, it's been <laughs> tough here because <laughs> yeah. you're probably listening and being like, um, what are you talking about? But it's been tough to find vaccines. I live in a hot spot. That's how even though I'm younger, I managed to get one, live in a hot spot. So myself, my husband and my brother who lives with us, we all went uh, yesterday and got our vaccines. So that is so exciting. Yeah. You're literally the first person under like 50 that I know who oh, has their Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I had some friends like on Facebook I saw had gotten it, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so embarrassing how slow going things have been here in mm-hmm. Ontario slash Canada in general. So this is good. It's putting the hope back in me. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was telling you, Tag, that I definitely ordered some new summer clothes. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was the same day you got your vaccine appointment. So I was like, okay, phew, there's actually a chance that I'll be able to wear these new summer clothes if we're starting to get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think, like, at the beginning of the vaccine rollout, Canada was doing very badly. But now I think we're in a good place. Like, I think we're third after, like, the U.S. and the U.K., so things are, Whoa. yeah, we are that like, definitely things to are me. coming together for Canada, yeah. which True. is awesome. Yeah. And this episode will be live May 11th, so mm-hmm. mid-May, and we should be getting even more vaccines then. So hopefully we are all celebrating right mm-hmm. alongside with you. Yeah. Tell us, can you like give us like... Maybe people already have their vaccines. Maybe people don't want to talk about this, but I'm just so curious, like, what the experience was like. Like, you booked online, so 
Was it like refreshing the page a million times, pretending you're buying concert tickets? Like, <laughs> what was the situation like? Yeah, it was very similar to concert tickets. I managed to book my appointment <laughs> on my third attempt, like third location, mm. third link I cl- clicked. Um, and so, and with my second attempt, I had my health card ready. I was getting in picking dates and then it was just like the website was crashing and I was losing it on appointments. By the time the third appointment link came up, we clicked on it and it said it was going to be like a 48 minute wait just to go in and see if there were appointments available. But we were like, well, what else are we doing? So we sat Mm -hmm. on our phones. Uh, We had four phones going just to all try and get through. And then it ended up taking more like an hour and a half for us to get through. Yeah. Like this is no joke. If you want your vaccine, you got to fight for (laughs) it. But so we managed to get through and they had appointments for literally like the day that we were booking. Um, but we ended up booking for two days later just to make sure like I was booking for three people. So I wanted to make sure we could all go at the same time because that just made sense. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. yeah, we ended up booking for our Sunday and, um, we were in a hot spot, so they said you had to bring proof of address, which is really hard because my husband's driver's license has an old address on it. It's expired, but you can't get a new one because we're in a pandemic. So we had a little oh, bit of a freak man. out about that and had to like print a lease and all kinds of craziness. And then they never even asked for it because we showed up and they were like, do you have an appointment booked? And we were like, yep. And we had already done like our COVID screening and had it on our phones. It could show them. And then past that point, it was very similar to voting. Like, it's like, okay, now stand in this line, come up here, show your ID. Okay. Stand over here. Like if you've ever voted in an election, it's very similar. Um, and Mm -hmm. then, yeah, they give you your shot and then you have to wait there for 15 minutes and they monitor you very closely it's not like like I get a flu shot every year and it's kind of like a free-for-all where they're like, yeah, you have to wait 15 minutes, but like you can wait in your mm-hmm. car. Like this one's like, okay, you're waiting 15 minutes. 15 minutes is over at this time. You sit in this chair and we watch you because, okay. you know, obviously they want to make sure there's no side effects. And if there are, yeah. they want to be keeping track of them and they book yeah. your second appointment there as well. So, but overall with the waiting 15 minutes, we we're in there 20 minutes tops because wow yeah awesome like we were never waiting behind more than like two people at every stage so yeah that's good and like I figured they would have to have some sort of like process in place and like system Mm -hmm. to you know just manage the people so I'm glad that system seems to be working at least at the uh clinic you went to so hopefully that is everyone else's experience sounds like a good experience and a step in the right direction so that is so exciting yeah everyone was like good vibes there so yeah they're all just excited yeah yeah and coming off last week's episode where we're talking about your wedding it's like okay guys one step closer to some immunity here so we can have Tegan's wedding in October 2021. <laughs> yeah, everyone, like my that husband and my brother were like, okay, maybe we actually have to start on like not just eating junk food and laying around the house because mm-hmm. maybe we will see people eventually. And we bought tickets to a music festival for the end of August. 
which who knows what the kind of situation will be like by then. But we were like, okay, we'll buy the tickets. And then if it's canceled, you get your refund, whatever. But now we're feeling hopeful because we'll all be fully vaccinated before that festival happens. Yeah, that's very exciting. It's crazy. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It sounds like another glow up challenge is needed. So I, yeah, desperately. <laughs> but we'll make it for Tyrell and Duncan to uh, yeah cater yeah. it to their needs. <laughs> Hot boy summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So did you have any uh, kind of unexpected life updates or transformations happening in your life, Sadie? Absolutely. So I love the fact you brought up the whole Scorpio full moon because it plays into my story so much. (laughs) And I feel like people, if you've listened to past episodes, you're already kind of aware of one of my goals for this year. Um, But I'm going to kind of start at the beginning of the story and try not to have this go on too long. And I guess by the time this episode goes out, the full moon might have been two weeks ago. So my story kind of starts three weeks ago at the very end of (laughs) April. I took two days off work just because. And it was just kind of like my two mental health days before I got into May, Mm -hmm. which I already shared with you guys is my busiest time at work. So I took Friday and Monday off. So I had a four-day weekend and I had no plans because there's nothing to do, but I didn't even like go home to see my parents. Like I was just in my apartment doing my own thing, played a little Sims, which was the best. I haven't played Sims in so long, cleaned my apartment. You know, I was just feeling good. And the following Monday was the Scorpio full moon. So uh, during my time off, I was obviously scrolling Instagram and um, I kept seeing so much about the Scorpio full moon. First of all, I'm also a Scorpio. I mean, I'm like Libra Scorpio. Um, So I already follow all these Scorpio accounts and stuff and they all resonate so much with me. So when I was being served this content, I was like invested in it. So it was just, you know, like generally speaking, what the Scorpio full moon is and how it affects everyone, which you said, Tag, it's like Scorpio is a sign of transformation and it's also the sign of like death and rebirth. So, you know, like that's kind of what we're expected to come out of the Scorpio full moon. But for actual Scorpios and Tauruses, since this moon happened during Taurus season, we're going to feel the effects most. And one of the accounts I followed said, if you're a Scorpio, think back to your last birthday. So Scorpio season and try to remember the intentions you set for yourself around that time and see if you're actually living them out and Mm. see if they're still relevant. See if, you know, you've fallen off the path a little bit. So I thought back to my birthday and I don't know how much I've shared on the podcast um, with you guys, but I think enough where I set around my birthday that 2021 and this whole 25th year of my life Mm -hmm. um, was going to be my year of leveling up. Mm -hmm. And in that was getting promoted. So I just thought about, you know, a whole bunch of things that I set for myself, like goals I set for myself to level up and how I really haven't made any progress on any of these things, getting promoted, getting a pet and giving getting my driver's license. Those were like right. the three big things that were came to mind during my birthday to define my level up. So 
I was journaling around the Scorpio full moon because I was remembering how I set these intentions for myself, but I'm not currently working towards them and I have kind of lost sight of them the past few months, the whole kind of year of 2021. So again, Teg, you said full moon, perfect time to manifest and journal. Um, If you follow the moon cycles, you can get really into manifesting and like syncing up what you need to focus on and when based on the moon cycles. And your full moon is when you set kind of those like intentions and like big visions. So that's exactly what I did. And honestly, guys, like I really love astrology, but I'm not a follower of the moon cycles. I really don't know much about this stuff, but I'm interested in it. So I wrote in my journal how, okay, girl, time to get refocused. You might have lost sight of yourself a little bit. You might have lost sight of your goals. But time to refocus, you know, these are the things you want out of 2021, so it's go time. So guys, I'm not kidding. I wrote that Monday night knowing I was off all day Monday and Monday night was the full moon. So I wrote that before I went to bed. I woke up, logged into work Tuesday. There were a few kind of like fishy things happening where I was just like, I don't know what's going on, but like whatever I was off for two days, so I'm just catching up on things. Like my boss was just saying really weird things. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) And then I had my kind of catch up with him at noon. And he told me that I had been promoted. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because like, first of all, I was obviously so happy. Mm -hmm. I've shared with you guys that that was a huge goal of mine on the work front. So it just felt so surreal because I was like, I literally wrote in my journal last night how I've lost sight of this and I just need to like keep pushing kind of thing. And I feel like the promotion was the closest in reach out of a pet and my driver's license. I thought the promotion was, you know, next to happen. And then sure enough, it did. So obviously it doesn't always work that way. Um, But I think it, and I don't know if it's because I journaled it, you know, like I'm not saying manifesting is the end all be all, but It was just so ironic how it all played out and it was just really amazing. So that is my news. I got promoted at work. Big goal of mine for the year. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Sorry, I just like rambled after I said I wouldn't, but... No, it's all good. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. And that's the whole like, yeah, I don't know. Like the fact I got promoted, it's been literally a year and a half of me pushing for this promotion for myself. Um, which I've been vocal about on past episodes, especially like our work-related topics. Mm -hmm. So I don't think anybody here is surprised that it eventually happened. It was just like the timing of it made it so special. It was like when I had lost sight of myself and like I'm a very ambitious person, but I just felt very like stagnant, like Mm -hmm. I wasn't achieving goals. You know, if you're still with us here, the universe was like, hey, Sadie, this is a little reminder of who you are. And I was just like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that That is is my little life lately update. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that is awesome just like personally, but also I feel like a good thing to like remind our listeners because we talked about two episodes past how we weren't necessarily achieving all of the goals that we wanted to just because with like the lockdowns extending and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff it's really hard to kind of keep yourself motivated but you know sometimes having little moments and whether it's like on the first of the month or when there's a full moon realigning yourself being like okay 
what are my actual goals here? What am I working towards? Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff can make like a world of difference. But that is so awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. And honestly, I love that so much. I do think um, there's something about the beginning of a new month that just kind of presses that reset button Mm -hmm. and setting monthly goals, which we go on and on about in this podcast. Like it is a great way to kind of like realign yourself. So I think that's great, but I also want to note that like I had to like literally a few months ago, I want to say it was more like March timing. Mm. And I feel like I maybe even talked about this in one of our past episodes is I had to like give myself permission to not be achieving things right now because I was like, look, you know, like you're just not yourself right now and that's okay. Like Mm. give yourself permission to let yourself be whatever blob of a human you are because the world's tough right now, you know? And like, it's okay to just have moments of not constantly achieving things. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely something I wanted to share. And just, if you just hang in there, you know, and if you can find those moments to recenter yourself, you can find those moments of motivation again, like Mm -hmm. hang on to them because they are bound to come back around. And when they do, just try to make the most of them kind of thing. Yeah. Do you find that you are achieving your goals more now that we've been like recording the podcast and like verbalizing them every month? I don't think so. Honestly, I really haven't achieved many goals Mm -hmm. this whole year, but I don't think it's because of, I don't think the podcast really plays into that at all. Right. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it's just, I've been in this really weird headspace Mm -hmm. and I've just been like really feeling disconnected from myself and the it's all more COVID related so Mm -hmm. I'm not really achieving that many goals (laughs) (laughs) but I do think the glow up challenge was a good reset button yeah and I honestly think the podcast obviously lit that fire kind of in me Mm. and I think it plays into the whole full moon and the whole kind of universe like reminding me who I am at the end of that glow up challenge like I do feel like that all happened you know and is all tied together but I don't know what do you think I think that I personally have achieved more goals yeah but just because I feel like since we talk about it so much, it's more mm-hmm. top of mind where it's like totally. if you write it and then it's like, okay, you close your journal and that's the last you see it until, you know, the first of the next month. Yeah. It's more like we talk about it a lot, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. I think too, something that, I don't know, just something I read recently is that we all really like praise too and even like I really hate like when I got promoted at work I hate being a center of attention like Mm -hmm. my boss messaged like my immediate team and I was like okay that's fine you know that's great then he gave me a heads up he was gonna send out like a bigger announcement email Mm -hmm. but I was expecting it just to go with to like people I work with but he sent it to our whole e-com and advertising team (laughs) and marketing team which is like just under 400 employees so I was like this is like uncomfortable I do not like (laughs) this like I'm a keep my head down and just do the work type person Mm. but there is part of us that likes 
to first of all accomplish things but also just like be recognized for the accomplishments we do right so I feel like tag even just us knowing we have this platform to come on here and be like guys I achieved this goal guys Mm -hmm. this happened for me I feel that too subconsciously like motivates us to work towards it if we know we're gonna talk together or talk with each other at some point this week and we can celebrate together so I also want to put that on our listeners' radar. If you guys are out there crushing your goals or chasing your goals, like send us a DM. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys show up and celebrate our wins or, you know, listen to our struggles every single week. <laughs> but DM us because we want to hear and celebrate your wins. We want mm-hmm. to, you know, like listen to your struggles if you're going through them. Like we definitely want this to be, we want to be here for you guys as much as you're here for us, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So past our first little like life update segment, our kind of, yeah, yeah, overall topic for this week is advice that we would give to our younger selves, which is something that I struggle with a lot because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still my younger self. (laughs) Totally. Yes. So we asked you guys um, on Instagram. So again, please follow us on social media so we can have these two-way conversations with you through DM or whatever. Um, But if you follow us and join our community on social, you also get like input into our episodes. Mm -hmm. So we asked our listener or sorry, our followers slash listeners, I guess, (laughs) um, what they wanted to hear on the podcast in May. And a lot of people the majority of people answered self-care related topics. Mm -hmm. So Tegan and I were like, okay, like kind of in my opinion, all of our chats relate back to self-care somehow. Like if we're talking skincare, Mm -hmm. we tie, like we're not just talking about looking pretty, you know, we tie it into how this is a moment of care for yourself every day or, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Um, Same with work stuff. Like I feel we tie it all into self-care, but this episode is like, life lessons 101 like Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the self-care possible in the sense of these are things we learned maybe through good experiences maybe through bad ones hopefully you guys can relate if not hopefully you can take something away from this um tag i feel like i was writing some notes for this episode and it kind of spiraled out of advice to my younger self to just like things i learned along the way and i want to share with other people Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it might be a little bit of a two-prong approach here, but I am very excited for this one. So everybody, grab your coffee, your red wine, your bubbly, (laughs) sparkling water, because we know we love that here on Our Golden Twenties. Yeah, please sponsor us. (laughs) But yeah, cozy up, because I feel like this is going to be some really good life chats. Yeah, so did you want to start with work? Because obviously we've said before work is a big priority for both of us as far as like totally what we spend our time on. So as far as work goes, what kind of advice would you give your younger self? For sure. So I just had the realization that I graduated from college five years ago, mm-hmm. which is absolutely insane. That means I've been a working woman for five years mm-hmm. and working full-time in my industry, which I feel so lucky to be doing and lucky to say um but truthfully it took a lot of hard work as well 
working hard, having vision, you know, knowing where you want to go and then asking people if it's your immediate manager, your boss, if it's um, a mentor. So for me personally, one of my bosses was a mentor for me and she still is to this day, even though I don't see her every day at the office anymore and COVID makes it hard to like, you know, stay connected with her, but She's still a mentor to this day. I also have professors from my college days that are have been mentors to me. So it's just asking them for support, um, asking them, you know, I see myself getting here eventually. What do I have to do to get there? And then you putting in the work, uh, obviously, to do that, but also internally. So if you're working at a corporate company, and this is, again, tying back to the whole promotion thing, you need to do the work, but then you also need to make sure people are recognizing your work. People know you have vision. They know what your goals are. Mm -hmm. And then chances are, if you're showing that you want to grow within the company or within your role, your manager is 100% going to support you and help you get to where you want to go. If they're a good manager. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully, yes. (laughs) And if they're not, then girl, bye. You out of yeah, there. <laughs> exactly. What are you thinking on work tag? Um, my main kind of thought was to ask questions just because I'm a shy person, especially when I'm in a new kind of environment. So if you're starting a new job and you're like, none of this stuff is making sense, like ask questions, ask your mm-hmm. boss, ask your coworkers, and because there have been situations where I've been like, "Why are we doing this this way? That doesn't seem to make sense." And they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're totally right. We appreciate you, you know, pointing out that yeah. that made no sense, you know." Or if you're asking, "Why are we doing it this way?" Someone then explains it to you, and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah. Like, uh, your workplace should be a place where you're all working for the same team." And you're all trying to achieve the same goal. So you should be able to kind of like collaborate and ask questions freely, especially like I work in a creative field. So being able to be like, can you look at my work? What do you think? And Mm -hmm. having the people around you that you can trust to actually give like a smart opinion. But it takes courage to be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, will you look at this? You know, you have to kind of reach outside your comfort zone. But I feel like that makes a huge difference in your day-to-day work life. Totally. I love that so much. And it's honestly, I feel like we can bring that into so much outside of work as well. Like Mm -hmm. just life in general. Like it's the simple saying, you don't get what you don't ask for kind of thing. Where if you want something you know, just like ask for it or ask about it, you know, and figure out, you know, figure out next steps from there kind of thing. It's really Mm -hmm. not that complicated, but we get so in our heads about things and overcomplicate it. Yeah, exactly. No, that could be for like life, love, literally anything. Totally. If there's something on your mind that you want, you should be able to, you know, talk about it freely and yeah. If you've surrounded yourself with like normal adult people, <laughs> then they yeah. should be like ready to have that kind of discussion, whatever it's about. Yeah, 100%. And I kind of remember what I was going to say. I hope you've cut out the whole part where I totally <laughs> lost my train of thought. But like soaking up information, but also 
like you said, like asking questions and like getting the full context into things. Mm-hmm. So it empowers you to like voice your opinions. And I think there's kind of a fine line where when you're just starting out, I feel it's very common for us to all leave school where we've learned like how everything works in the ideal perfect world. And then you get into the real world and you're like, okay, this isn't quite what I learned in school, you know, reality check a little bit. So there's a fine line where you don't want to go into the workplace thinking you know everything. But if you're working hard, you know, soaking up everything around you, you're asking those questions. Mm. Eventually, you're going to be able to form your opinions and give them when you're asked questions as well. Mm. And I think that gets people a long way too or a far way too. Yeah, definitely. So outside of work, what about just like – life in general oh gosh I have so many (laughs) I could just like talk about this forever okay so number one thing that comes to mind is and this is definitely advice to my younger self Mm. is to surround yourself with good like-minded people Mm. and it's one of those again I have all the cliche sayings right now but it's like you choose who you invest your time and energy into, so choose wisely kind of thing. And basically, I learned this because I moved to the city and, you know, left all my, like, childhood friends at home Mm -hmm. or they went to, you know, college, university in different towns. So I was basically starting brand new when I moved to Toronto for college. Mm -hmm. And the friends I had in my first year of college – I knew were not like good friends for me. And the way I met these people was through, basically I met my roommate through a like roommate portal. Mm -hmm. And then I met a girl in my program through the roommate portal, but I had already found my roommate by the time her and I started talking. So we were just like, whatever, we're in the same program. So we'll still meet up even though we won't be roommates. Yeah. So then there was a whole train of girls who basically had that same experience. And when I showed up on my first day of college slash the day I moved into my residence building, there was like six girls, I think, who had all been like talking on Facebook um, or through the roommate portal prior Mm -hmm. to actually going to school. So, sorry guys, this is apparently also story time for me. (laughs) But basically, once I showed up, I met all six of these girls in person. And as soon as I met the majority of them, I was like, these are people that I know are very different than me. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of like the cool girls, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was basically what shaped my whole, at least my whole first semester, if not my whole first year of college, was all of a sudden I was in with the party girls and Mm. I still had a good like sense of who I was, you know, but it was also like a lot just to take in because you're already kind of like rediscovering yourself or redefining yourself when you go to college, Mm. you move out for the first time, never mind when you're surrounding yourself with people who are very different than you and, you know, you just really feel kind of lost and being surrounded by people who are so different from you doesn't help that in any way. So it wasn't until probably like half, I want to say like the end of first semester, maybe I knew my roommate was a true one, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was like, me and her are ride or dies. This is a (laughs) hundred percent a good 
friendship. Mm -hmm. So I remember actually before we were going to go out to one of these parties with these other girls, we sat down and we just like confessed to each other that these other girls we were hanging out with were not really good news and they Mm -hmm. weren't really people we wanted to be around. And then as soon as we confided in each other with that, we were like, oh, like such a relief kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And it gave us, I don't know, just I guess it made our friendship a little bit deeper and better. And then we were able to like be our honest, authentic selves with one another because we realized, you know, our values are the same. And like to this day, she's still a good friend of mine, you know? So it's just like surround yourself with good people. Yeah. That's the moral of that whole story. (laughs) Yeah. I love that though. But because you, your experience, at least maybe things have changed because of COVID, but like my perception of the world is kind of shaped by the people who are around me and those interactions. So if you're only interacting with people who are like toxic and causing drama and, you know, that kind of stuff, that's how you view the whole world. Where if you're friends with people who are like not focused on that, or if you're friends with people who are like trying to also achieve their own goals and help you achieve yours and there's no like jealousy and stuff like that it shapes how you view everything and I think it can just make your like day-to-day experience so much better like I've been on kind of a mission of cutting toxic people out of my life (laughs) these past couple of months and like life is boring now because there's like no drama (laughs) (laughs) it's been so nice though like you you don't have to like read into things or overthink things Because you know that the people around you are, like, actually your true friends who are just there because they want to be your friend, you know? 100%. I love that so much. And I think that's it, Tag, is obviously, like, the toxic people, like, cut them out. You know, if they're doing, like, bad habits and you find you're picking up those bad habits, like, Mm. you need to make that decision for yourself. And we have a whole episode, you know, on friendships and how they change, especially in your 20s yeah. and just aligning yourself with people with similar values. But I also think less drastically, like I even think about some of my friends now, we're not like super great friends, but mm. we still like to cheer each other on. We still like mm-hmm. to like catch up with each other every now and then. But there's just some like people I think of in my life where it's a lot of, like you said, just kind of their outlook on life. It's just the very like victim mentality kind of Mm. thing. And it's just like, that's, I notice that the more time I spend with them, I take that on as well. And it's, again, it's not that they're like a really bad person. It's Mm. not that they have these really bad, you know, like toxic traits about them. Like, no, it's not. It's just I find, you know, like it shapes parts of me and I don't like that part of myself, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like just limit the amount of interaction you have with them. You know, it's, you yeah. don't have to cut them totally loose. It's mm-hmm. just talk to them less, you know? Maybe they're not somebody you text every day or you see every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, just limit those interactions. And the other thing too with this is I think family is another big one. Mm-hmm. And I think people feel you know, family's blood, man. Like you can't mess with that. Like family's family. But if you have people in your family too, like, and if you're, I guess, like lucky enough or privileged enough to live on your own um, outside and remove yourself from that, like don't feel like um, just because they're family, if they're, again, you know, sharing some of those like negative 
vibes that you don't want in your life. Like, don't mm. feel like you need to be home all the time or, like, right. you know, like, you owe your family anything. Like, again, you don't need to cut them out completely. It's just, like, limit that. And I say mm-hmm. family specifically because I think, personally for me, it's, like, I feel like I'm this totally different person from when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. I feel like we've talked about this a bit in past episodes, but it's just as soon as you're around your family, you kind of revert back to your childhood self a little bit. And mm-hmm. if that's not somebody you're like super proud of being, then it's like limit the amount of times you put yourself in the position to become that person again. You know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to explain it, but and obviously I love my family a lot. I spent a lot of time with my family. <laughs> But it's just like, you know, like it's another example. It's not just friends, but it could be family that have kind of these like weird vibes over you too. Yeah, for sure. And it's like so much easier said than done to be like, yeah, cut toxic people out. But I do think that if it's something that you're like noticing impacting your day-to-day life it can be something that you like set as a goal for yourself to implement and whether it's like using some of the stuff from our past episodes like muting them on social like that's a great Mm -hmm. first step because obviously I'm sure there are people listening who are like okay yeah you say cut out toxic people but I don't want to just like blow up my friend group because that makes me a toxic person so it's like you know figuring out Because sometimes these people you don't have to cut out. Sometimes it's like what Sadie was saying. I can still be friends with people who have completely different life goals than me. We have completely different kind of outlooks on things. And we can still hang out, just probably not every single day. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's like evaluating the relationships in your life, deciding how much give and take and, you know, kind of going from there, trying to prioritize yourself and your own feelings, but... It's hard. It takes a lot of mental work to kind of think all that stuff through. Totally. So well said. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. And now I think about my life and like I'm not friends with any of those girls from college except, you know, the ones that I had actual genuine friendships with. Mm -hmm. And now the friends that I have in my life are all super ambitious people. They are all like setting monthly goals, chasing their monthly goals, you know, like cheering each other on. And I'm like, yes, like this is what I wanted. I can't imagine if I had stayed friends with those party girls all these years later, you know, my life would look totally different. Yeah, that's true. Like I think about my first job, I was the youngest person there by a lot. So I was 21. And most of the people that I was working with were in their late 20s, but most were in their 30s. And I remember having the realization of like, I don't even want to live my 20s, like how you're living your 30s. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that our like life paths are aligned at all. And then, yeah, yeah, sure enough, when I don't work at that place, like, we're not friends anymore. But it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I could have seen that coming from a mile away because we were just different people who wanted different things. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Kind of on the topic of, like, surrounding yourself with people who let you just be your most authentic self. The other thing I've learned along the way that – I totally want to talk about in this episode. I've had this like lingering thought, but I just haven't 
like known how to tie into a podcast episode, but it is the power of having an alter ego. Mm. Tag, do you have an alter ego? Is this something you've ever thought about? Yes, but mine is like a white man. And this is especially <laughs> related to like work because for like okay. a lot of things, it's like I'm confident enough, but then in my work, mm-hmm my confidence like lacks and especially for women in the workplace it can be kind of hard to navigate because still I don't know like this is probably not true for every industry but certainly for mine the majority of the people I interact with are men and Mm -hmm. so sometimes I receive emails and my husband looks at them and he's like I cannot believe people talk to you that way and I'm like oh Mm -hmm. no that's just how people talk to me and he's like if it was me or any of my male friends, we would send an email back being like, excuse you, like, you cannot talk to me that way. So every once in a while, I need, like, a reminder to be like, okay, no, I'm stepping into my, like, straight white man role right now and being like, you cannot treat me this way because a lot of women get, you know, walked all over. Um, Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with what they're doing, but just the way that the world treats them. Like, I know there have been... I always read, like, the stories of someone, you know, spends their whole morning um, sending emails and getting back all of these really rude responses. And they look and they've accidentally been sending their female coworkers' signature out at the bottom of their emails. And they're like, oh, my God, is this how people talk to you? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's life. But so sometimes I just need that little reminder to like stick up for myself and my ideas but yeah yeah okay first of all I love and obviously hate that story all at the same time (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it is so tough being a working woman and I honestly think we should have a podcast episode solely on that and obviously we don't know everything you know we're only a couple years into our careers but I think it would be just so comforting to share our experiences and like talk about them so Mm -hmm. that is definitely to come but I love the reason you use an alter ego and Mm -hmm. this is what I want to put on people's radar in case it's something they've never thought about before is the whole point of an alter ego is that it empowers you to do something that you normally wouldn't do Right. Right. Like it's just for a second, you just channel this totally different person and you show up in a totally different way. Mm. And this just like alter ego takes over for that moment. So I found this clip because the most obviously on our golden 20s, we are big Beyonce fans. (laughs) (laughs) So I found this clip um, from Beyonce talking about her I Am Sasha Fierce album. And Mm. it was really like the first time people had heard of Sasha Fierce and in my very biased opinion, one of the most iconic alter egos of all time. (laughs) One is really natural and it's really intimate and, you know, thought-provoking and and emotional, more serious. And that's who I really am. And Sasha Fierce is kind of my alter ego on the stage. And it's like crazy in love and the the really sexy, fun, high fashion, kind of a, it's like the personality I've created on on stage while I'm performing. So I just love that so much because I think it's just so relatable, especially for a woman Mm. to have this like 
this is who I am every day. You know, like even me, like I like to show up and at work, like I'm just a really hard worker, mm. but I'm someone who's quiet. I keep my head down. Um, when you get to know me, you know, like I'm a little bit more goofy and like light, a lot more goofy, let's be honest, <laughs> a little bit more lighthearted, you know. Yeah. Um, but then I have this whole other side of me and I've named my alter ego. Her name is Cass J. And <laughs> she just, when she's out, you know she's out because mm. it's Similar to Beyonce where it's like, that is my sassy self, you know, like if I'm, this is maybe not family friendly show anymore, but if I'm like <laughs> texting a guy or like mm-hmm. as soon as I'm like, you know, one or two glasses of wine in or I'm out with my friends and we're like chatting people up, like this girl just like switches on and, you know, <laughs> she's like the fierce fox who has like those like really curated responses to every mm. boy problem or boy text you ever receive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like this whole other person comes out of me and I just channel this energy. And sometimes like you're saying, take it's in the workplace too, where I just need somebody's done something or said something that is just really inappropriate where you just have to like unlock this like or unleash I should say your alter ego just to like put in that fierce like attitude Mm. in a respectful way (laughs) to keep people in check you know and I think there's just so much power in that yeah I wonder this is like completely out of science or anything so I could be making this up okay but I wonder (laughs) if women are so like attracted to this idea because we have less like role models and mentors like in my work experience which is just my work experience so maybe it's not true a lot of the people in power are men and so it's hard to find like the women out there killing it and then especially like in movies and tv shows like you know I grew up and there were not a lot of working women in that kind of uh, setting. So I wonder if it's like, you know what? I don't have this role model in my workplace right now. I'm going to be my own damn role model. Let's go. Yeah. Honestly, and like, if it lights the fire in you, Mm -hmm. like, run with it, you know? But I think that is a good point. That definitely could be why. And I also think, too, it's just so funny because – Like, we literally have the power to, like, change who we are whenever we want. You know, we can literally be anything we want to be. We can do anything we want to do. But we just get so – we're like creatures of habits where we get stuck in our ways doing things a certain way. So it's hard to change. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the whole idea of having an alter ego – it like comforts us and it's like even if you don't show up as this person you aspire to be every single day, you have still named this girl and you still show up as her sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and just if it's maybe somebody you're proud to be or somebody that it maybe you're not like aspiring to be her, like I don't know if I'm aspiring to be any sassier than I already am. <laughs> But it just, like, gives you permission to be that person sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there's something comforting about that. Yeah, definitely. I love that. The other um, reference we have on our Golden 20s all the time, we always talk about RuPaul. Actually, Mm. I feel we haven't talked about RuPaul in a few episodes. Yeah. (laughs) It was, like, the first three episodes somehow Mm -hmm. RuPaul got mixed into the conversation. But I think the whole idea of drag queens is another way for you to, like, visualize – 
um, alter egos and just mm-hmm. like the power of them. Because if you watch Drag Race or, you know, are aware of drag queens at all, it's like literally this transformation where they could be this really timid, quiet guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, their makeup's done. They have this amazing big hair on, mm-hmm. this amazing outfit and costume. And they are all of a sudden the sassiest, funniest drag queen or this comedy, you know, like stand-up comic. Like, yeah. it's just literally a transformation from who they are in the day-to-day, but they get themselves made up to unleash this alter ego, and they're this totally different person. It's interesting, too, because RuPaul says that he doesn't change his voice, whether he's, like, boy RuPaul or girl RuPaul. And yet, he's like, everyone thinks I'm, like, this high-pitched, sassy, like, going off queen. And he's like, I just talk the same as I do when I'm a boy. Like, it's all, it's just that, like, when I walk in the room, all eyes are on me when I'm in drag. And I am feeling that confidence. And they perceive it as me being, like, this killer queen out there. And he's like, this is just me all the time. But sometimes you just have to, like, look the part and people believe you. Yeah. Um, So one other uh, thing that I kind of wanted to talk about as far as like advice to my younger self would be to start taking care of yourself as soon as possible. And that can be like in any kind of sense, whether it's like you're going to start eating healthier or you're going to start moving your body more or you're going to start skincare or drinking water, because the sooner you start these habits the easier it is for the rest of your life. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's like it's never too late to start implementing these habits. So I'm saying this as like maybe I'm talking to myself at 15, but I can also be saying this to myself at 25 and be looking back at this at 35 and being like, thank God I started taking care of myself then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I feel like... I can't be alone in this feeling, but maybe I am that I always feel like I have these milestones I'm going towards. And it's like, once I do this, then I can start doing this, you know? So it was, for me, it was very much like once I move to Toronto, I can be independent. Once I move to Toronto, I can, I don't know, dress nicer. I can do this. And it's like, no, like you, and it kind of ties back to your point where it's like, you can literally do whatever you want to do right now. You don't mm-hmm. need to wait. And the sooner you start just showing up as who you want to be and doing what you want to do, first of all, just the more freeing and liberating it is because you're just being that person day in, day out. It's not something you're pushing off and may never get to. You're just, mm-hmm. that's who you are. And like you said, it's, never too early or never too late to just start showing up and doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Another one, I feel like all of this is stemmed from my younger self and college Sadie. Um, this is another college story that I remember sitting on my college residence bed and mm-hmm. I remember opening my bank account because I was literally obsessed with my bank account when I was in college like it was like this like (laughs) weird 
thing where I would have to check it like literally at least like two or three times a day. And wow. I think it was because it was the first time I was financially like independent. So I just okay. need to make sure I knew how much money I had, mm-hmm. where that money was going, that I, you know, could live, I could get groceries. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. It was probably not healthy thinking back on it. <laughs> But I remember logging into my bank account one day and I saw the first time I'd ever been charged interest on my credit card. Mm. And I was shook. I (laughs) called my dad and it was like a Friday night. I called my dad and I was like, dad, I think somebody has compensated my credit card. Um, There's like this $125 charge on it. I don't know what this is. He's Mm. like, well, what does it say? So I tell him, he's like, oh, no, that's your interest. Like, you were charged interest. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I had, like, no idea how credit cards worked. And ever since that day, I have vowed to myself that credit card debt is bad. Mm. And I will never let it get me. So I think everybody knows at this point, I love to shop. (laughs) I definitely use my credit card. But every single month, I pay it off because... It is so dangerous having credit card debt, especially Mm. when you're young in your 20s. If this debt just continues to accumulate, by the time you go to retire, like you're going to have to, you know, pay off all this debt before you actually retire and can, you know, enjoy your life kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that is definitely advice my younger self learned very quickly (laughs) and I remind myself and my future self will hopefully thank me for is credit card debt is bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good tip. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, I feel like it's hard, like especially when I went to school because I, you know, obviously I've had a very privileged life like growing up. If I wanted something, 99% of the time I could have it. But going to university which is a huge extravagant expense and a lot Mm -hmm. of families cannot afford that. I remember showing up and seeing the people in residence and being like, these people are on a whole nother level than me because they were like, they did not have their own credit cards. They had their parents' credit cards. So then they would buy like an extra TV for their room and they all had cars and, you know, that kind of stuff because it is so insanely expensive to send your children to university. Um, Mm -hmm. So you obviously have to be very privileged just to get your kids there. Mm -hmm. And so it's so hard. I feel like especially when you're going out on your own, like we come from the same small town and I felt like a lot of people were kind of on the same privilege level here or there. But then it's like when you're out with people who have seemingly unlimited money, it can be really hard to have that self-control. And I remember, Mm -hmm. like, moving to Toronto, another place where it's really expensive to live, and going to my first job, and everyone there is wearing, like, Gucci and, you know, crazy stuff that Mm -hmm. obviously me at 21 could not afford. And I knew their salaries, so they could not just afford it on their salaries either. But So you kind of need to know your own limitations, have your self-control, and figure out the kind of things that you want to spend your hard-earned money on. Totally. But it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it goes back, though, to our other point. If you're around people who constantly make you feel like you're less than them because Mm. you don't wear designer brands, you don't have a designer purse, like, are those really the people you want to be surrounding yourself with, you know? And I think, Tig, like, 
there is also a point where, especially when you're just kind of starting out, I remember same thing when I worked at anthropology, I could mm-hmm. not afford the clothes at anthro for my shifts yeah my first like year of working there even though we got a discount it was like i was second year college couldn't afford that Mm -hmm. so i literally bought clothes from american eagle that had the anthro kind of look to them and i Mm -hmm. wore those and eventually i could you know afford the anthro clothes but it's uncomfortable but at the same time nobody ever made me feel bad about it Mm -hmm. and I think that was definitely the main thing there yeah yeah and you just have to know like for you you have to know your own budget because no one else is gonna like look out for you you have to know how much you can spend and then decide in your budget what you want to spend on and then if you want to buy yourself Gucci loafers and it's in your budget like go right ahead but You know, you should be making that decision yourself based on your personal finances. Totally. And I love that because it's not that we're saying don't splurge. It's just be responsible when you do. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I definitely have a shopping problem. I definitely have, (laughs) you know, credit card like payments or not payments, but a balance every month Mm -hmm. that I then pay off at the end of the month. Um, But sometimes it's like, For instance, when I got my couch, like a couch is a big investment. So I was committed to like spending two months paying it off, you know, but it was Mm -hmm. like, this is a splurge that I didn't save up for, but I want to buy it right now. But then it's like, okay, now I'm just going to like come up with a game plan rather than letting that snowball and you get charged with interest, which is just absolutely scarring to me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, you're going to pay money on the money that you've already paid you know like it's just so crazy (laughs) yeah and I feel like this is me being such a nerd but if there's something that you really want to buy like at least for me my bank app has everything like if you want to go on a vacation and like ball out and go first class like I have a budgeting app built into my bank and I could like call on my bank and say I want to meet up with like someone who works here and is going to tell me how I need to do this and like they have the resources for you so if you want to spend your money on you know something crazy expensive just plan it out (laughs) yeah exactly okay my last kind of just like general life piece of advice so going back again to when I worked retail when I had a shopping problem especially on clothes I remember, this is so silly, but still so relevant to me. Mm. So I remember all through college, I was a size four, size Mm. 27 jeans, okay? And I remember the exact moment I had to buy a size six jeans (laughs) and I was beside myself. And then I was like, oh my God, that or no, a size six dress, size 28 jeans. And Mm. I was like... But for the past five, four years, I've been a size, or no, I guess at that time it was only three years. The past three (laughs) years, I've been a size four. And it was like this huge, dramatic end of the world. I was so upset. And then just recently, so you're like, okay, Sadie, great. That's great advice to your younger self is that clothing sizes don't matter. Yeah, Mm. you would think so. (laughs) But because I realized how awful and like unnecessary that meltdown was, But then just recently, I got size six jeans from Zara, and I think they are a snugger fit. Mm. (laughs) 
but I had to size up to size eight. Mm -hmm. And I was, again, distraught. And this Mm -hmm. is like a month ago, maybe two months ago. So this is like still real relevant, you know, (laughs) raw information. I remember just being so distraught with my size six and I relived it all over again when I had Mm -hmm. to buy a size eight. So this is to future Sadie who freaks out when she becomes a size 10 or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Advice to younger Sadie as well is that your clothing size does not matter. Mm. And I saw this thing on Instagram that was like, imagine you get up every day, you go to your closet to get dressed and you try to put on clothes that are a size four in my case and they don't fit. You Mm. feel like shit. Yeah. But imagine you get up every morning, you walk to that same closet, but all your clothes are size six. You put them on and they fit you. You're going to feel more confident. Mm -hmm. And it just really hit home for me because I was like, that's it. Nobody knows what size my jeans are when I'm actually wearing them. I don't even know what size. Well, I do because I'm a crazy person. But like (laughs) even when they're on, nobody, you know, like you don't even know what size they are. It's not like it's on the outside of the jeans for the whole world to see. Mm -hmm. And even if it was, why does it matter? As long as they fit you. They look good, you know, like size does not matter. So Mm -hmm. that is my advice to all the young girls listening. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Well, I especially women in their 20s. I read a statistic that said for every year in your 20s, women gain two pounds on average. And it's something that you can't (laughs) like control yeah I'm prepping you for yeah, your I'm next like, five years yeah thank you because I'm like so stressed already here we go yeah yeah no but every year in your 20s statistically you gain two pounds not because you're eating worse or because you're working out less just because that's what women's bodies do because women's yeah. bodies are designed to do a lot more than be skinny and so totally. like no matter what you're doing even if you continue working out the same amount eating the same inevitably your sizes will change because even if it's not a weight fluctuation like your body changes yeah and looks different and you hold weight in different areas as you age it's just a fact of life it's normal yeah Yeah. and every other woman goes through it yeah in the entire world thank goodness i feel so much better already (laughs) i feel like yeah, scared, but I also yeah. feel <laughs> And I do think it was, like, I thought about that, like, I remember at my internship in my first year of college, I don't think I shared this story on the podcast yet, but I took, I just have, like, these really vivid, weird, random memories, and this mm. is one of them, is I took a bagel with cream cheese for my lunch that day because I'm a college kid and that was my lunch. Mm. Yeah, yum. And I remember my um, manager slash owner of the company looking at me and was like, oh, you're so lucky. Like, enjoy that shit while you're young. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I eat this every day. Mm -hmm. And now I totally am like, I 100% understand where she was coming from. Just reaching 25, I'm like, oh, those were the days when I could just (laughs) eat bagels and cream cheese every day and not have to worry about it. <laughs> working it off my body just you know was a young body but like mm-hmm. you said we change and evolve and that is okay yeah there's much more interesting things about you than how yes. you look the how you totally. look oh, of course like for people who don't know Sadie she's gorgeous 
But that's <laughs> oh still, gosh. if it was like, it. list the 10 coolest things about Sadie, I wouldn't be like, she's gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many more yeah. interesting and valuable things about you that come before that. Yeah. Girl, same. Me too. <laughs> Tegan's also a total babe. Oh, and yeah. uh, <laughs> Yes. No, that is such a good reminder for yeah. us to remind ourselves. And yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. But no, you guys are not alone in this, you know? That's no. the whole point of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the last kind of category I think we wanted to talk about was love. So Sadie, do you have any advice for your younger self as far as love goes? Oh, geez. I do. And <laughs> this is maybe going to be hard for me to talk about. I might get emotional, but mm. I might be building this up for absolutely no reason at the same time. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. So this is something that I literally just learned. And mm. this is, again, advice to my younger self. And I think it's something that I'm constantly going to be reminding myself of as I, you know, have developed this, like, value for a life partner and mm you know, understanding of what a life partner is rather than just a boyfriend. So the advice is that it's important and necessary to be vulnerable. And I think vulnerability is something people talk a lot about when they talk mm. about relationships. And um, I feel it's just like a common word, but it's kind of hard to know what it feels like and it's really hard to be vulnerable. And I think that's why, honestly, I've never been vulnerable with somebody. And I think it's so ironic that I'm saying that. And I feel people are like, I don't know if I believe this girl because I literally come on this podcast <laughs> once a week and spill my heart and soul to whoever is listening. The whole world could literally listen in on this. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like one-on-one -on -one relationships, and like one-on-one -on -one getting to know someone in like a super intimate way. Mm -hmm. I have never ever let my guard down and been vulnerable. And I think it's like really scary to be vulnerable. Mm. And I think it goes back to that whole alter ego. Like I said, as soon as I'm like talking to a boy or flirting with this guy, I'm cash J 110%. Right. And it takes a lot of courage for me to then just be who I am. And who I am, like just Sadie, you know, regular mm -hmm. me is like a very emotional person. Like I am goofy and whatnot, but I'm very obviously like deep and like, I don't know, intense, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, right. So it's scary for somebody to see that side of me and potentially judge me or potentially reject that. Mm. But it's so necessary because I think back, this is me being vulnerable right now, is <laughs> <laughs> I think back on, you know, I've never had a serious boyfriend and why could that be? Mm. And I think it's because I've never been vulnerable. And I think that is such a downside and something I wish – I had realized earlier um, so that when I am talking to people, I know it's scary, but you have to be vulnerable in order to grow um, because right now I'm feeling very limited in my, you know, kind of love life and the growth there. So I think it all ties back to being vulnerable. Mm, yeah, 
I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like even obviously like Tyrell and I are married, but even early in our relationship, having like the realization of like this guy knows the most embarrassing stuff about me. And if mm-hmm. we break up, <laughs> it will be devastating because he will know all of this embarrassing information. But at the same time, I knew the same amount of embarrassing stuff about him, you know? And yeah. it's like the risk, like you have to kind of jump, dive in head first, hoping that it works out. And that, yeah. you know, it's they're not going to reject who you are. But at the totally. same time, like it's a risk and you don't know. Yeah. And I think... I also have this like obsession over greatness and anybody who knows me knows like that's why I set goals. That's why I'm constantly like trying to empower other people. It's because I really believe we all can be great, but Mm -hmm. just it's scary to be great and it's scary to be vulnerable because when you're vulnerable, like you said, Tag, you're just like opening up, you know, like a really risky side of things, but you have to take risks in order to unlock your greatness and Mm -hmm. it's tough again like you said earlier it takes courage but Mm -hmm. the payoff could be really worth it and you know it could just take you to a whole new version of yourself that you didn't even know was possible and I think that's you know worth the risk yeah I feel like this is something we had talked about maybe doing a whole episode on but there is 100% this kind of myth surrounding the idea of like the perfect boyfriend or the perfect girlfriend that Mm -hmm. there is not the standard anywhere else in your life like if you are working a job that's only you know 75% working out but there's still 25% that you're like okay something's not working here I need to work on that's totally normal same with friends like Sadie and I are friends but I'm sure there are times when she's like okay Tegan's doing this thing that's annoying the hell out of me It's not like, okay, I guess you and Tegan can't be friends anymore. But for some reason, it's Mm -hmm. like there's this standard where it's like you have to find the perfect boyfriend who fits you exactly with no flaws and you complement each other perfectly. When it's like, okay, well, then you will never find anyone because that person doesn't exist. And a relationship, Mm -hmm. whether it's a friendship or dating, you have to work on it because everyone's just like a person and like Tyrell and I have fought about a billion different things and some things are like tiny and stupid but other things like we see very differently very large things but Mm -hmm. it's like if we decide okay it's worth it then you work through those but for some reason I feel like in society probably just because of like rom-coms and stuff but there is the idea that like the moment you see this guy you're like yes that is the love of my life and you never ever have a fight and it's perfect and if you have a fight ooh, red flags might have to break up you know when Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true at all Yeah. And I think that's actually really great advice for our younger selves or for our younger listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't exist, you know, like you need to, yeah, like you can't have this list in your head that this guy needs to tick every box because again, that is 100% what I had going on for me. And Mm -hmm. like you said, Tag, it just, I never found it. Therefore, 
never been in a relationship, you know? Right. So I have that going for me. Plus the fact I've never been vulnerable with someone. Like, <laughs> it's no wonder I'm still single, you know? Right. Yeah. It's hard yeah. because like I know for women too, I know men are attracted to women based off looks like initially. So if you're in mm-hmm. like a crowded bar, they're like first person is based off of looks. Whereas women, it's actually like talking to men. Intellectual. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's just like on a biological level for whatever reason. But so that's why sometimes if you're set up like my dream guy is six foot with dark hair and brown eyes, like you're already yeah. setting yourself up for failure because by the time you maybe talk to this guy, you're not connecting at all. And there's someone who's not even on your radar that would be perfect for you, you know, like you, you never know. And you don't, yeah. And I think in that situation, you don't view yourself as the problem. You view the guy Mm -hmm. as the problem Yeah. where it's like, no, it's literally you and your list, you know, like rejig that rather than just canceling out this guy and trying to find a different one. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like kind of going back to this whole like idea of being great, Um, just being vulnerable really helps you live a fulfilled life. And I think this is even with your friends, you know, Mm -hmm. with your family. Like if you're in a position where you can just be your true authentic self, obviously those relationships are just so much deeper and more solid um, and therefore makes you feel or live a more fulfilled life. And it's literally, I'm going to take this back to like grade 11, grade 12, sociology, psychology, (laughs) whatever that class was, social sciences is like, when you think about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, love and belonging is literally one of those. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, your relationships with romantic partners, but also, you know, with your friendships and whatnot. And in order I feel to really achieve this or to actually have this need in your life, you have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got through it without crying. That's yeah, good. That's good. <laughs> I definitely thought I might cry, but I didn't. That's just being this vulnerable like a, with actually, yeah. And before we move too much from the vulnerability or move on from the vulnerability part, I think that's another reason why I come on this podcast and I preach about how everybody can benefit talking to a therapist. Mm. Yet I haven't talked to a therapist myself. It's because when you talk to a therapist, you're 100% being vulnerable or in order to get the most out of it, you're being vulnerable. And that's very hard for me to do. So I'm like, I know I can benefit from this. I know I should do it. I know I can do it. But I think that's what's standing in my way. So it's just now fighting fighting that and just going through it, knowing that can just, like I said, help me be great. So live yeah. a fulfilled life. <laughs> See, I feel like I'm the opposite where I am like 100% vulnerable if someone asks me but I assume that no one is interested or cares so Mm. I just never open up so like Mm. if someone like Tyrell or you or my therapist is like so tell me about this I'm like blah 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 and she's always like and who else do you talk to about this and I'm like no one because who would care and she's like um your friends your family and I'm like, mm, probably not. Mm. But she's like, 
no, I think they would, you crazy lady. So yeah, you just need to be like prompted to talk about things. Yeah, yeah, because I assume no one's interested. Tag, I'm always interested. If yeah, that's why I started a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm down to talk about literally anything. Yeah, no, it's just interesting. So funny. We're the opposites, yeah. but yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, cool. Look at us doing some self, like self, um, soul searching here. Love this. Yeah, yeah. So is that okay. where you kind of want to leave it? Like, do you have any last words for our listeners? Honestly, I think this sums it up. These are obviously just like some of the many things I've learned. And like I said, learned mm-hmm. some of it through bad experiences, learned some of it through really good experiences. And I think just the final thought for me is that, yes, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. But no matter what, you're learning something out of the experience mm-hmm. and you are going to end up exactly where you're meant to end up. And it's sometimes really hard to remember that. It's sometimes hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but that is just the way life goes. And you are 100% going to end up where you're meant to be. So hang in there. We are in this together. Mm-hmm. But I think that's that's it for me. Yeah, I just have like one more thing I wanted to add, which is something... I try to tell myself, but I'm not always successful. But if it won't matter in five years, don't spend more than five minutes stressing about it. And yeah, I feel like I definitely need to hear that like in relation to work because I obviously take it seriously. But then it's like, do you think in five years you're going to be stressing about like this email this client sent about this project that you're not even going to remember exists? Mm-hmm. probably not but um, exactly yeah so that's a good reminder and that these things that like we tell our younger selves we're still telling ourselves now like day to day like yeah. as much as it's like yeah you know 20 year old Tegan here's what we learned it's like these are still reminders that you know there yeah. are bad days and there's still going to be light at the end of the tunnel and you have to be vulnerable and sometimes you have to cut out toxic people. So. Yeah, exactly. Like these life lessons, most days are just my daily mantras. Yeah. Like, you know, like just in a cer- certain situation, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, the mantra I'm channeling into this. And yeah. if it's, you know, yeah, you're going to end up where you're meant to be. If it's a reminder to be vulnerable, like mm. this is not a one and done I think that is so good um, to say, Tag. Like, this is something we're still learning. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we don't have all the answers. We don't know it all. But this is what we have learned so far. We wanted to share with you and remind ourselves moving forward. Yeah, amazing. So I think that's where we're going to leave it. Um, If you Mm -hmm. want to find us on any social, we're at our golden 20s. We're on Instagram, Facebook. We have a Pinterest board with like a ton of ideas. Uh, We have a Spotify account that has a bunch of fun playlists. And on top of that, we have a Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, get the episodes early and some additional content, you can support us there. Uh, We put out a new episode every single Tuesday. So make sure you are following us and subscribe so that you see when our new episodes dropped. And thanks for tuning in. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.